If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about supporting your partner through a breakup. We focus mainly on breakups in this episode, but many of these things apply if you're supporting your partner through other difficult times in other parts of their life, maybe with their family or something at work or something more serious and personal that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to have a little disclaimer on this that uh, I'm sorry if the audio for Dedeker and myself is kind of echoey. Uh, we are in a house in Laos right now. We're in a Laos house. A Laos house. Um, uh. <laughs> and the uh, this room doesn't have a lot of soft things in it. Uh, so it's a little bit echoey. We did our best to kind of put up padding around. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I apologize for that. Hopefully by next week we'll have figured out a little bit better solution. Uh, second disclaimer is people who remember my trendy illness from last week or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so trendy that now Jace has it. Um, so that's why he sounds the yeah. way he does. Trendiest. Like, I don't even notice it in my own head, but, but when I listen to recordings of myself, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> It sounds like I have it's a cold. It's just a slight nasal-ness yeah. to yeah. your voice. Yeah. I hope that you guys don't give it to me via the airwaves. Because that would be oh, digital gosh. waves. Cool. The digital yeah. waves. Through the internet. The digital waves. That'll be the day when viruses figure out how to travel through the internet. Jeez, then we're all screwed. Oh, yeah. Don't say that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, uh, Oh, man. Uh, anyway, so this episode, we've... It's a topic that comes up a lot, actually, but doesn't get discussed very often. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we've done episodes on breakups in the past, how to handle breakups. There's some advice out there about helping friends through breakups, but there's really not even a ton of that. It's kind of more tips for getting over your own breakup. Uh, but so this episode is about supporting your partner when they're going through a breakup. And I suppose this could actually be helpful if you're the one going through the breakup mm-hmm. as well, of just kind of realizing what kind of support you might need or something you might be wanting that you're not getting. Uh, but this is specifically focused on helping support your partner while they're going through a breakup. Well, this is another scenario where we don't have a social script for this either. There's a lot of these scenarios when you start coloring outside the lines of mm-hmm. traditional relationships. <laughs> um uh, where that is a new situation for many of us of knowing how to be the one who's um, trying to just be uh, generous and caring and compassionate to a partner who's going through a lot of pain, but it can bring up a lot of things for yourself also, even if you're the one who's who wasn't just dumped. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jace, when you were talking about friends helping you through a breakup, that definitely made me think about times in my past when friends have helped me and eventually, like, I talked about the person way too much, and my friend would just say, you know, you need to stop talking about them. <sighs> you're just, you're done now. And sure. you can't really do that when your partner's with someone. I think you have to be a little bit more tactful, because 
you know, you can be hurt a little bit more easily when it's someone with whom you're romantically involved. So yeah, we'll definitely get into that for sure. That's a really good point that there are things we are more sensitive to with our romantic partners than we are with our oh, friends. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Kind of that, that tough love can be a little bit harder mm-hmm. from Absolutely. a, from a romantic partner. Yeah. Uh, so we've split this episode up into three sections. The first one is about caring for your partner. So this kind of stuff that you think of first, right? How can you best care for your partner? Uh, and then we're going to talk about caring for yourself because it can be challenging. It can bring up some feelings when you're trying to support a partner through a breakup. And then finally, some tips about caring for your relationship, how to keep your relationship going strong and communicating well, even while dealing with something difficult Mm -hmm. in one of your lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all three of us um, have in some capacity had to support the other person going through a breakup with another partner. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've done that, you know, between the three of us, we've done that with other partners, outside partners as well. Um, And we were talking about this ahead of the episode. And I know that what's been really surprising for me whenever I go through a breakup is, I mean, people always talk about how regardless, usually it's kind of a mourning period, right? Or a grieving period. Mm. You know, even if you were the person who initiated the breakup, that often there can still be this period where you're grieving the loss of this relationship, the loss of this connection, the loss of this person in your life. Um, And I feel like at least in, you know, pop culture psychology, we're pretty familiar with the five stages of grief. Um, Mm which are, name them with me. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, d- denial? Denial, yep. Yeah, denial. Bargaining. Mm-hmm. Anger. There's anger. Mm-hmm. The depression. Depression. Depression and, and acceptance. acceptance. Well, okay. okay, that's not the order that they're normally put in. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the order? <laughs> well, Tell this us. is the Educate thing, though. Us. The order actually doesn't matter uh, because right, they found right. that people don't actually really go through it in this nice, neat little stage it's not like it's oh first it's going to be depression then denial and then you know that Mm -hmm. it is just like one two three four five so easy that often people hop between all five right um at different intervals you may accept something after a while yes you may accept something after a while and then go back to being angry or depressed about it you may wake up one day and feel like oh i'm totally over this person and i feel good i feel great and i totally have acceptance and then two days later you know something triggers you that reminds you of something that you miss or something triggers you that reminds you of something that you're really pissed about still about that relationship and then you're kind of back in that same emotional Mm -hmm. state again um so i think that's something that's very important to be cognizant of is that your partner may go through some very, very different emotional states as they're processing this relationship. And they may be angry one day, they may be bargaining the next day, as in bargaining, maybe trying to get the relationship back or trying to think about ways that they can change themselves to get things back. Um, Then may slide into depression the next day. You know, it can just, it can go through all five at kind of random order. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I think the bargaining can also kind of look like trying to justify why they needed to Mm. break up or or trying to, if they were the one broken up with, trying to kind of rationalize and justify why their partner broke up with them, why it is or isn't their fault, right? These sorts of things. It's kind of trying to rationalize something that you can't really just rationally explain away. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it can become kind of all-consuming for a while. I mean, if your emotional state is dealing with all of those different things at once, 
I guess it can it can kind of be come all consuming for not only the person who's going through it, but then the partner who's potentially having to deal with it in addition. Yeah. Yeah. And that can become really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So I know. So I mean sorry, go ahead, Em. Oh no, no, just with that, I mean I want to definitely when we were talking about this before, I want to stress um the Triforce of Communication. Can we refresh ask, what that is for people who might be just joining us on this episode? So the, so the Triforce of Communication is basically a way of breaking down the three purposes of communication. And by yeah. understanding these three different purposes will help you understand the best ways to respond to people if you know which part of the Triforce they're going for. So number one is sharing something purely to connect with someone. So this is just telling a random story about your day, whatever it is, and the response... Sharing details about yourself. Right. Yeah, about, oh, this is what I used to do in the summers as a kid, or, right, any kind of just casual sharing to build intimacy is the purpose. Triforce number two... I summered in Maine. (laughs) Yeah. Summered in Maine, not Kevin. What? I don't know. Yeah. That's what it sounded like he was saying. Summering is a weird summering. thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're not that posh. I'm not that posh, no. Uh, so no. Triforce number two is when you're specifically looking for either praise or support. Acknowledgement. So, empathy. Encouragement. Yeah. Acknowledgement. Empathy. Yeah. But what's important is that you're not looking for suggestions or advice. You just want Mm. support or acknowledgement or praise of like, wow, that's amazing that you did that thing. And then number three is when you are looking for advice or to solve a problem or to figure something out and you want help with that. So I knew them all. I just didn't like the communication one. one was the blurry one. Uh, right. I, I knew about the empathy and I knew about the asking for something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. communication also occurs. Well, okay. so so the reason why this is so important is if your partner is sharing something with you, maybe about the breakup or about a fight they had with this particular partner or whatever, you know, maybe they're sharing like, oh, and she said this to me, and then she said that to me, and she wants me to do this. And if you rush in, well, well, you should do that. You should say this to her, and you should do this. When maybe your partner was just looking for, again, some empathy, you saying, wow, that really sucks. Wow, that sounds really difficult. I'm sorry you're going through that. Um, or vice versa, if your partner's coming to you expecting some kind of concrete advice from you, and all you give them is like, wow, that really sucks, then they're going to be disappointed. And so, obviously, it's great if your partner knows about the Triforce of Communication or something akin to it so they can ask specifically. Um, it's something that I use a lot in my relationships where I'm like, oh, I'm going mm-hmm. for Triforce number two right now, or no, I'm going for number three right now. Or you can also ask, even if your partner isn't aware of this. You can very purely ask, are you looking for support right now, or do you want my advice? Um, and that can yeah. be just a really simple way to be able to give to your partner what it is that they need, um, ideally without you know, pissing them off <laughs> and making assumptions about what it is that they're needing from right. you. Uh, no, I mean, this is an assumption, but I've found a lot of times in my relationships with male-bodied people that they go straight to Triforce number three and say, like, I need to fix this. So especially in this sense of, like, well, I'm upset about breaking up with a partner. 
that they're like, well, you need to do X, Y, and Z. Right. And maybe that's a big assumption to say that it's yeah. men who do that. That's that, no, that's, that's like the common stereotype is that men yeah. are socialized to be the fixers and women are socialized to be doing the emotional labor and the support. The empathy, and yeah. often it does happen. Um, I found myself mm-hmm. personally, I'm often the opposite of that. Like I usually am the one who goes straight to what can I do or this is what I think you should do. This is how I'm going to fix it. That's mm-hmm. why I'm a coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So d- for Dedeker and I, it's the opposite of that mm-hmm. that um, that more often she's you know if i'm expressing something that i'm upset about she's like okay what can i do to fix this like yeah. tell me what you need right now and i'm like i don't know that's not the point of this i just want support i want caring i want acknowledgement you know i want to be told oh that makes sense you're right uh yeah that it's that i think that part of understanding the triforce of communication can also be identifying what it is that comes more naturally to you whether it is giving advice or right. giving support and maybe mm-hmm. learning a little bit about or just watching how other people give the other one that doesn't come as naturally to you to kind of see, oh, okay, these are these are some ways that I can give that and, and develop actual skills, I think. It could be a way to yeah. look at it. Um, we like to be pragmatic about our communication techniques here on Multiamory. So actually using it as a way to identify where you could learn more skills and yeah uh, get better yeah i think jason i you and you and i are pretty empathetic slash emotional yeah i think we're both a little more triforce two types Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah not so nothing got done (laughs) (laughs) nothing got solved (laughs) yeah Uh, no that's not that's not totally true um yeah so yes yeah well i just want to move us on to the next one here yeah um so this one actually comes from some techniques for supporting a person who has been through something like abuse or sexual assault or something like that which might seem at first to be much much more serious than just the breakups that we're talking about on this episode although who knows those things could have been involved Um, in this breakup But what this is, is realizing that you don't need the whole story in order to be supportive. Mm -hmm. And this one, especially for some people, is really hard to let go of this need to know everything that happened and know all the details of what went down. And I think that we somehow think it will help us support better if we know the whole story and we know what it is. But... Unfortunately, there's there's two big problems with this. One is just that you are then not providing a refuge or an escape, and instead are kind of forcing this person Asking to... Asking them to relive it. Right. They're having to relive yeah. it more. And if you also then multiply this by all of the people in their lives trying to support them, they might be having to relive this a ton during a time when they would like to just be getting support and getting a little escape while they're processing it, and they might not be ready to talk about all of it. And they may never be, and that that's okay too. Uh, And then the other part is that often when someone is asked to recount something, and I think this one really does apply to breakups, is you start to feel like, oh, I need to spin this a little bit to justify why I broke up with someone or to spin this in a way so that I don't look like the bad guy if I was the one who was broken up with. And again, it's not providing a space where you're getting the emotional support that you want that is just that Triforce number two unconditional 
gosh, I, you know, I support you. That sounds really hard. No matter what happened, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. That sounds really difficult. Um, yeah. So anyway, in both of those ways that this not needing to really pry for the whole story or get into all those details, unless that is what someone wants to share. Um, and I know that for myself, when I've gone through some difficult things that have also been a little bit embarrassing at the same time, which I think can come up in, in breakups or in some of these situations, it takes me a while before I'm finally ready to get into some of those details. Maybe not even mm. specifically embarrassing, but just vulnerable, right? Sure. Because, maybe that's a better way yeah, to put yeah. it. Because somebody breaking up with you is vulnerable, right? Yeah. Somebody rejecting yeah. you is vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so sometimes something that can happen when you're, uh, when a partner is feeling the loss of another partner is that you can kind of get a reverse sense of jealousy. Like, oh God, this person is really upset about the loss of this partner. I'm jealous about that, mm. or I'm having feelings of jealousy over it, which is a really interesting concept considering like the relationship is now over, but it, yeah. it sort of throws it to the forefront, like potentially how meaningful that relationship was mm. at one point to them. And it can kind of cause maybe feelings of jealousy there. Yeah, I know. Yes, I think what I see comes up for a lot of people is people, um, they see their partner going through so much pain and so much sadness and they wonder well, if our relationship ended, would they still, would they be this sad? Would they be this hurt about mm -hmm. losing me? Yeah. Um, but I mean, no one wants to find out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it is this weird Catch-22s kind of situation where it can still bring up these these feelings of jealousy and, and wondering if your partner has that same emotionally intense connection to you as they do to this other person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It can, And it's hard because, again, it's at a time when you don't want to be bringing up your insecurities when you're there supporting them. Yeah. I mean, when Dedeker went away to Utopia, Jace, I mean, I was upset about it too, but I guess my rational brain kicked in a little bit more there. I knew like eventually she would be back, even though it was a challenging time, but Jace was very, it, he was going through a rough time there. And if you read Dedeker's book, like <laughs> additional things were occurring. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it it was a really diff difficult time for me, I think, too, because I was seeing Jace be so upset by the loss of this person in his life, and it caused me to be like, well, am I actually that important to him, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, so... Yeah, and it was I something it. we did eventually talk about, but... Um, of course. But at the time, I think that was our first experience, really, dealing with that kind of situation, so we didn't really... Mm -hmm understand that that was a thing to be concerned about and didn't anticipate that and it was a difficult thing um, for sure that that it had gotten to this point where my being upset about Dedeker being gone was then also hurting the relationship that I still had with me at the yeah. time um, yeah so that was I mean <laughs> not, not no, the best it's just <laughs> yeah well yeah it's challenging when it's like a day in and day out thing mm -hmm. and and that's I mean I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting, too, on the reverse end, which I guess we can start talking about now, but when when you're excited <laughs> about the end of a relationship that yeah. your partner's having, like, like, say you see a person in a bad kind of relationship for a while, 
And then all of a sudden, when it ends, you're like, yes. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, we've all been in that scenario, either where someone Uh was in a bad relationship that we Mm -hmm. really wanted them to not be with this person, or if, you know, maybe there's a metamor that you don't get along with, or they've been kind of shitty to you, or you just, you don't like them. Um, Right. And so all of the above. Yes, yeah. just all of the above. We've we've all personally experienced that. Um yep. that that can be hard when your partner breaks up with somebody or that relationship ends and you personally are like, "Oh, thank God, finally." Right. You know, been waiting for this one for a long time. How but do you that person is still upset? Yeah, how do you still be supportive yeah. when you're like throwing a party on the inside? Yeah. Basically. <laughs> so or with your other metamorphs. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Maybe there's a bunch of you that are all excited about this finally being over. Yeah. Uh so I found that for this creating kind of a mental separation between your feelings about it and acknowledging that your partner may have different feelings about it. And just I feel like in the moment, it can be hard, especially if it was a really bad relationship. It can be hard to think, how is my partner not just overjoyed to be out of this relationship that I've seen has been so bad for so long? But instead, understanding and just taking this mental leap of faith to say, I know that that's not the experience when you're actually in it. And I know that they're going to have a hard time with this. And just realizing that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. It doesn't mean that they don't get it, that this relationship wasn't great, but to just give them their time and understand that they're going to need that to process their feelings. And not all of that is going to be joy on their part. Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to add something to this is that, and I think I see this happening a lot, particularly with people who are just friends wanting to support another friend through a breakup, that it can be very easy to try to be supportive by uh, vilifying the ex, essentially. Interesting. Um, and this is almost like the other side of it's, this. Yeah, and that's something that we go yeah. into very often where, you know, I mean, Emily and Jay, it's like, didn't you guys kind of experience that? Or after you guys broke up, even though you guys were still friends and still had a relatively good relationship that your separate friend circles would try to kind of disparage the other person? I, th- I feel like I remember you guys talking to me about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, that... I don't know. That happened with... That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that happened with Emily's, you know, her friends and family when we first broke up as we were transitioning uh, into into having an open relationship which then you know became a polyamorous relationship and all of that that definitely came up where they were quick to jump to to vilify me as a way to support Emily which then unfortunately made us transitioning to an open relationship much harder cuz then now they were already mm. talking about what a bad person I was and then later when Emily and I broke up for realsies later uh, you know, a year and a half, two years later, then I did find that in trying to just get emotional support from some of my friends, that they would want to jump to this, oh, yeah, geez, Emily, that jerk, or whatever. Or maybe, or maybe even, like, people asking questions of, of, like, trying to get to the bottom of what the other person did wrong so that they can then hop on that. Yeah, of kind of what, and it was this tough thing of having to be like, no, it's not like that. Like, I'm, I'm... I'm sad about it, but I don't think she's bad. We're still mm-hmm. friends. I'm still upset. I'm still hurt about it, but it's not... Right? Do you know what I mean? It's this tricky distinction between someone doesn't have to be the bad guy to have hurt you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's the same with your metamorphs or your partners. Yeah. Like maybe they've been hurt by someone, someone, but it doesn't... I think someone doesn't have to be 
Well, yeah, no, someone doesn't have to be the bad guy for you to feel to hurt. Feel hurt. Right. It's, yeah. There's exactly. a distinction between someone hurting you yeah. and you feeling, feeling hurt. hurt. Sure. Yeah. 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 But I think I wanted to address that just because I know that there's probably a temptation there where if your partner just went through a really bad breakup that even if they are are disparaging, you know, the person that they just broke up with, maybe hold off on jumping on that train also. Just because as we mentioned earlier, your partner's probably going to go through a variety of emotions and the next day they may not want to hear you calling their ex a bitch mm-hmm. when they're in the more mourning sure. phase and like being sad about the things that they miss. Um, maybe when they're in the angry phase, they're like, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe not so much, you know, so just to be aware of that, that that maybe not is not the best default tactic to go to in trying to support your partner. Yeah. Yeah. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Taking care of your partner going through a very difficult time like this, it requires a lot of emotional labor. And emotional labor is a topic that I want us to record a whole other episode on because it's a hot topic and it's one that needs to be talked about and is often not talked about um, within the context of relationships. But because you're probably going to be expending a lot of emotional labor, that's giving a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of effort on your part. And that can get very draining very quickly. And so that's why it's also very important to make sure that you're caring for yourself as well Mm -hmm. during this whole process. Um, Because we found that what can happen, and it's hard to get away from this because, I mean, this is such a big part of kind of the couple-centric way that we are encouraged to build relationships. But we're very much encouraged to build relationships where your primary and usually only support network is your romantic partner. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. You know, that's how a lot of monogamous relationships are built. And so it can be really hard when the only person that you go to for support is your partner and then your partner gets drained and then um, they have a bad day and then they go to support for you. And so then you get drained. And so it's essentially becomes this like ping pong game of you guys giving your emotions back and forth to each other. And no one's actually really happy at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and both people are drained essentially. Um, So that's why we really encourage people to 
find some sort of support network that is outside of your partner. It doesn't mean totally abandoning going to your partner for anything. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, never asking your partner for support, but just finding somebody else, you know, and it could be a close friend. It could be a family member. It could be a poly processing group or a discussion group. It could be an online community, just somewhere where you can go to receive support because particularly in a time like this, if your partner's going through a breakup, they're not going to, they're probably going to have very, very little emotional energy or labor to give back to you uh, for supporting you as well. And don't forget your self-care, you know, like if you're feeling really shitty, go to a spa or something. (laughs) Go get that Thai massage. (laughs) Or whatever it is that your self-care is. It could be masturbating. It could be comic books. It could be masturbating It could be playing video games. (laughs) Yeah, it could be, you know, playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for two and a half hours. Whatever (laughs) it may be. Um, I could really go for some hours of video games. I haven't had that kind of time in a while. I know. I wish I could give you guys my Switch, but I'm still (laughs) working on Zelda, so actually, no. Um, But yeah, I mean, do that, because often it's going to be challenging to have to deal with your own emotional labor in addition to your partner's, and so sometimes you just need to take a little bit of time and veg out and do something for yourself. And that's why if you are the person who who is going through a breakup right now, just to be aware of that also, that of course you're yeah. going to expect the support of your partner, but also being aware that they're not, they are not a limitless supply mm-hmm. of support or energy, no. um, you know, and so also encouraging on your side as well to reach out to your extended support network and also to do some self-care. Yeah. And it's interesting how much, I don't know, and maybe this is just a me thing, but I I think that it's probably not how much I tend to expect of my romantic partners and how much I give, how much leeway I tend to give my friends. Mm. Like, say my romantic partner isn't being exactly what I want them to be in that moment. I may get really frustrated with them and really like, why aren't they doing what I want? You know, but then if a friend did roughly the same thing or gave me a little bit more tough love, I may be like, yeah, okay, they have a point. And yeah, maybe they don't want to totally be my, you know, oh, yes, honey, I'm sorry this is happening or whatever. And uh, it's something good to think about in that moment because you do tend to give your friends a little bit more benefit of the doubt. On that subject, what Emily's saying about taking time for yourself to, you know, do whatever it is that helps you feel a little bit better, that by by structuring that into the way that you're supporting your partner uh, can also be really helpful. So they don't feel like, you know, you don't get to the point where you're just so frustrated you have to abandon them to go off and do something to take care of yourself, but instead to anticipate this for yourself, which is why it's important to think about these things now when you might not be right in the middle of this situation. So you can say, hey, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of time to go do these things. Is there anything you need right now? Can I get anything for you while I'm out? Or whatever it is, check in so they know that you're still there, you still care, but you just are going to mm-hmm. go do something else instead of getting to that point where it's just like, oh my God, I have to run away and go do this other thing. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So let's bring it back to our 
very last section here, which is about caring for your relationship, the relationship that still exists between the two of you. Um, because obviously, just because this breakup is happening, you know, the world still turns. Um, you guys have your own dynamic that's still going on. You're going to have your own arguments, your own issues to work through. Um, and so that's why it's still important to, you know, not only care for your partner, but to care for yourself, but to make sure that both of you are still able to care for your relationship. Um, so we really like encouraging things like having some kind of established regular check-in space or meeting or conversation like our scrum. You know, if you go listen to our episode on incorporating agile scrum into your relationships, we really encourage that just somewhere where you've already established the time and space to be talking about your relationship anyway, so that you don't have to feel like the asshole where your partner's crying over a breakup and you're like, well, actually we still need to talk about that argument that we had last week. (laughs) Um, Right. But that there's this agreed upon time and space where you're going to check in about the state of the union as it were Mm -hmm. um, to be able to cover these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And we generally advise this as a monthly check-in. So it also helps that if you know, oh, okay, in a few weeks we have our monthly check-in going, and right now is a time where I really just need to be here supporting my partner, it can also be helpful mm-hmm. to to know you have that coming up. So if you do kind of put off bringing something up because you're trying to support them, that you know, okay, well, in a couple weeks or this weekend, I will have a time when I'll get to talk about that. Maybe write it down so you don't forget. That is also really helpful in terms of just managing and making sure you're taking care of your needs and that you are discussing the things you need to discuss without having to do it right then when it is a time you need to be supporting somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't need to be like an accusatory thing. I think it's more just like, hey, Mm, I was having a challenging point, you know, during that yeah. as well. And again, that's what's and helpful about that monthly check-in is it gives oh, it a yeah. space to Creating talk about it. safe space. Yeah, in a safe way that's more rational and it's not just right while I'm upset, ah, you're making me upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then I think another thing to keep in mind is make sure that you're nurturing your relationship and that you're taking part mm-hmm. in positive reconnecting activities that are outside of just caretaking. Um, yeah. Cause what it reminds me of Esther Perel, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Esther Perel. She, she's a social sociologist. She wrote mating in captivity. She did a really interesting Ted yeah, talk on, right. I think I've seen her Ted talk on connectivity and on desire in long-term relationships. And she talks about cool. the fact that, as relationships go on over time, there tend to be these clear like caretaker, like caregiver roles that come out. Um, but the thing is that like when we slip into caregiver roles, it's more of a parental role and that tends to mm. kill our sex drive more and like our for attraction sure. for that particular person when, you know, when you're, you know, usually when you're in the caregiver role, but also in the care receiving role as well, because it brings up those like parent child things that got ingrained in us yeah. so early on. And so that's why it's important to make sure that you're taking part in activities and taking part in dynamics that are outside of just that caretaker role um, to still nurture the relationship outside of just that dynamic that's great and this could even depending on the circumstance could even be designating a time where we're going to go out on a date or we're going to do some activity we like or maybe try some new activity where we're not going to talk about this person yeah, you know, this this depends yeah. on on your circumstance. Maybe that's not appropriate yet. Yeah, but well, maybe when your partner's ready for that. Right. Yeah. Make sure you both agree to but this. <laughs> I think when like I'm pretty sure when Dedeker was out in Utopia, JSU and I had a couple days where we were like, okay, we're not going to talk about, about how upset we are that Dedeker's <laughs> yeah. gone. 
we're just gonna like do our own thing and it was really helpful at the time definitely it was yeah 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 and sometimes we'd have to still stop ourselves <laughs> i know we're like nope nope uh, nope can't nope. talk about it yeah yep. exactly so well breakups yay. suck <laughs> they too suck but but yeah this hopefully. was a challenging episode for all of us yeah but if you do have a good support network around you, that's not just partners, um, but also friends, um, you know, could be family members, can help make them a little bit less sucky. Yeah, or at least help get the support that you need to grow from them and move on from them mm-hmm. and hopefully end up in a better place than you were beforehand. Yeah. Is there a way we can end this on a happy note at all? Because I just feel like depleted and sad. <laughs> this is a bit of a you guys episode. rock. Aw, but you, you guys, guys rock. Are even if even if there's a breakup, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, at yeah. one of the things that we talk about in our agile scrum episode is ending every scrum with what we call an appreciation round. Oh yeah. And this is something that. Dedeker and I have started incorporating into other things, not just our monthly meeting, but also just if we've had a difficult talk or we're just having a difficult day. If we're both in bad moods and like snappy with each other. Bad, yeah, whatever yeah. it is that if we get to a point where it settles, we'll kind of be like, hey, you know what? Can we do an appreciation round real quick and just take a little moment to tell each other what are the things you do appreciate about them? And it helps both you know, obviously to feel appreciated, but it also helps you to kind of remember that there are a lot of good things Mm -hmm. in your relationships, in this relationship and in this person, there are a lot of good things going on too. And not, you know, the whole world isn't absorbed by this one shitty thing that you're going Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys that we can talk about painful things from the past in a way that's constructive and, uh, you know, we can talk about all our lessons learned and share that with all the good people listening to us. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. I appreciate the two of you for being willing to talk about challenging and hard things in the past in the hopes that it helps other people. Uh, I think that's a very admirable trait. I appreciate that we've stuck by th- each other mm-hmm. through those hard times mm-hmm. and that it's made us stronger, better people. And I think stronger, better friends. That's Aww. cool Aww. too. Aww. Aww. Well, and See, I now also... we feel so much better. <laughs> Good. I... <laughs> uh, and we appreciate you, the listeners for listening oh, yeah. to today's <laughs> episode. If any of you would like to have your question or your comment played on the show, you can call six, seven, eight, M-U-L-T-I-0-5. That's our special call-in number. You can also email us at info at multiamory.com or you can send us a message on Twitter, on Facebook, or on Instagram. If you want to support our show and join our private Facebook community or take part in our monthly video discussion groups, you can go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.